It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. Outdoor Research makes great-looking and high-performing gear for all types of adventure. Their apparel is so solid that OR is like that ski partner that always seems to have hot drinks, or the climbing partner that jumps at the chance to lead the scary off with pitch to the summit. If OR gear could talk, it would say just the right thing to make it all better when you start to feel nervous about the next lead, or when you yard sail off a kicker right in front of a pack of snarky groms. So if you want gear that feels like a high five and a fist bump on a badass summit, hit up OutdoorResearch.com or your favorite local shop. You feel like you found a new best friend. If your podcast diet looks anything like mine, you're probably oversaturated on coronavirus content. Alas, it's hard not to talk about COVID-19 given it's a fucking global pandemic and all. Climbing gyms around the country are shutting down, and climbers are being advised by the American Alpine Club to not even go climbing outside, particularly in areas surrounding rural communities. Moab has a tourist and camping ban, Miguel's Pizza is shut down, and communities from Bishop to Fayetteville are more or less requesting that climbers not use their newfound time off by traveling to these regions to climb. And yet, if there's one thing I know about climbers, it's that they will give up their climbing and training when you pry it from their dead cold hands. Perhaps an unfortunate metaphor, given the state of affairs. This is Andrew Bisharat, and I'm virtually here with my co-host, Chris Kalous, to talk about the pandemic and its effects on our sport. I fear this is all just the beginning, to be honest. I think we may well see a cancellation of the Olympics, a shutdown of national parks, and other draconian measures soon. It's all very anxiety-inducing. Some of you may have seen that I had been planning to put together a writing and climbing workshop in Majorca this fall. All of those details are on my site, Evening Sends. But I just made the decision to postpone the workshop till next spring. Like everyone else, I'm hoping this thing burns out quickly. But given the uncertainty with travel, I just don't need to be worrying about this right now. Simplifying life is a good approach, I think. It helps with the anxiety of the moment. So settle in, folks. Commit to just being home for a while, and you may find a sense of ease in not questioning yourself over whether you could be out sending the NAR. Your project will still be there next fall. Here we are, not together, of course, or social distancing appropriately. Um, Yeah, which is, I mean, it's really convenient how these podcasts can work. Yeah, we are not in at all an infectious range of one another. We are are like 30-some miles away from each other. I, so. I miss your face, though, Chris, I got to say, <laughs> and, and your stench. Thanks, Thanks. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, surely got uh, worse this weekend because you were out on a little projecting mission. I have sort of a, a coronavirus year one confessional to do. Um, yeah. It's no longer 2020, by the way. It's one. Uh, it's like PCV one post coronavirus one. Yeah. Um, new new so, captain's log. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I went out on. I actually went on a climbing trip this weekend, despite. Uh, well, actually, you know, the sort of warnings about everything hadn't quite reached fever pitch, but um, certainly there was there was warnings to stay home, and uh, we went out. Anyway, my, myself and my friend Jordan and um, had a trip planned for quite some time. And, 
you know, when you're a dad, it's hard to let go of those weekends that, that roll together perfectly with some good weather and someone to climb with. So we went on a climbing trip out to the Utah desert, not Moab, not Indian Creek, but uh, a place called the North Wash, which is south of Hanksville, Utah, which is on the western side of Canyonlands near Lake Powell, Glen Canyon, National Recreation Area. Kind of pretty deep in the desert, actually, especially this time of year when Lake Powell isn't pumping yet with boaters. And you had a pretty sick send, like not like coronavirus sick, but like just a sick send. I had sort of a, I had like a weird, which I've been anticipating kind of a weird send, not send. And it's really actually illuminated how dumb this game that we play as climbers really is. But uh, there, there's a climb out there called uh, Trail of Tears. It's an old climb. Um, it's been in a video with Alex Honnold. Uh, Scott Carson put it up, I think, I want to say in the 90s. Two pitch climb, 513. And then what I did a year ago, maybe two years ago, is I extended it another about 10 meters through a finger crack to a ledge. Um, I think Scott Carson stopped where he was because uh, it's a decent stance, but also his fingers are really large and this is really small. But I managed to climb it, you know, do all the moves. And then because it's now like three anchors at 60 meters, I decided that I would try to uh, lead the entire thing from the ground became my mission uh, for no particular reason. So I got it in my crazy head to do that. And I've been working on it for a couple of years. Yeah, King Line, 60 meters. So anyway, but uh, we went out there and I climbed actually all the way to meter 58 or so, maybe 59 even, and fell off. (laughs) I mean, that's a damn good effort. Well, the cool thing is, is I had never actually sent the second pitch, the 513 pitch on its own even. So I sent the 50 meters, the 512 plus pitch, just went past that anchor, kept going and ended up 50 meters at the uh, at the top of the 513 pitch too. So that alone actually is probably one of the hardest crack climbs I've ever done in my life. And um, I'm about to turn 49 next week. So uh, yay, old people. Aside from my personal exploits um, on this trip, we did take the uh, the warnings extremely seriously. We wanted to get to this place, which is almost always abandoned. I mean, nobody climbs down there. So we knew, like, I knew I could get there and, like, probably not run into anybody. And so we took some precautions, like, we packed dinner on Friday night, so we weren't going to stop anywhere to, to eat dinner. I paid at the pump and didn't go into a single convenience store. Um, I just paid at the pump and I used, uh, I used sterilized wipes to hold on to everything and to use the pump screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up driving from here to there. Um, without, I didn't interact with a single person. We got there. We camped for two nights with nobody around. There was no one at the cliff. We didn't see any of the climbers. And then on Sunday, we ran into two climbers at another crag that's up there, which again is super unusual. And we ended up interacting with each other in less than a six foot radius, which I know is, is against uh coronavirus era protocol. Right. Um, which, you know, I just like, it just, I mean, it's not like we were like hugging or anything, but then I was talking to the dude. Um, it was a gal and a guy and, uh, he asked us what we'd done. And I was like, cause they had been walking the Canyon looking around and I kind of got excited and told him what happened. And then I like spontaneously, and this is this is like ghastly. 
so brace yourselves. <laughs> but I spontaneously high fived him. Oh, I know. And that's and that's how it all ends. That's how the world ends, right there. That's how the world ends. Is that I high fived yeah. a guy at the crag. Didn't really think it's, about it till a little bit later that I was like, oh my god, I actually just had human contact with a stranger. So and what the made fuck's going on right now? Yeah, I mean that's what we're talking about more that's than what your we're project. Talking about. Yeah. Um, and and we should preface this conversation that this isn't a public service announcement, nor is it medical advice. And exactly, in fact, you probably will get stupider listening to us talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to a uh, go to a better source for actual information. But um, what the fuck's going on right now? Well, the uh, you know the world's sort of shutting down, and, yeah. and people are supposed to stay home, and that's why I kind of wanted to call that a confessional. Um, because we didn't. Places like Moab and Bishop and a lot of these other small town climbing areas are basically begging people not to come to their town uh, because they do not have the the kind of medical infrastructure to deal with all the stuff that goes on when a bunch of tourists and climbers show up, plus what may happen with uh, a COVID-19 outbreak. And um Yeah. You know, so climbing. I mean, there's small towns with like rural hospitals. If they have a hospital at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe an urgent care facility or, or just EMT sort of pack them up and send them somewhere else kind of facilities. So what's the deal with Moab? Is can is it you just like can't go into town in Moab? As no, a you can. I mean, can. I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a little bit of a mixed message like there is a lot of places where you know the place depends on tourism and this is the season we're rolling into spring break right um you know i think despite it being this like incredible climbing mecca although you know indian creek is an hour and a half south of there i think you know the percentage of of people coming to town on on a normal spring uh season the percentage that are climbers is not that big I mean, they've really sold their soul to the four by fours. And so, right. um, and those people, I mean, that's the reason they did that is because those folks tend to use facilities. They stay in hotels, um, right. they eat out every meal, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a better financial bet to, to invite that to your town, um, versus climbing, uh, all the government facilities have, have shut down to the public. Uh, so the library's closed, which is obviously a common climber hangout, um, there's a visitor center with a bathroom that, you know, receives a lot of climber showers. That's closed down. Um, city buildings, all that sort of stuff's closed down. But it's more that I don't know what's going on with the with um, restaurants, whether Utah's um, done what a lot of states have done and, and basically banned dine-in eating. But I would assume if, if anybody's open, they are, there's probably mixed messages about, um, you know, coming there and spending money because there's an economic crisis as well uh, versus not going there at all. Um, I just have seen an article by the the director of the hospital there, uh, sort of basically asking people not to come. Um, and I've seen Utah officials telling people not to be flooding into these small towns in Utah right now. So um, that's where it leaves us. You know, my um, just to like talk, speak more broadly about this uh, current situation we find ourselves in. I- one of the more interesting things that has happened to me in the last week is uh, just going out, you know, into the world and like buying some groceries and shit and finding myself just inexorably 
drawn into this mindset of famine and panic and you know you see people buying the dumbest shit and you're like i need to buy that too because everyone else is doing that and like toilet paper well you know amounts of toilet paper you know the toilet paper was like a meme on the internet before i actually went out grocery shopping so i was kind of prepared for that but there was like i i don't know there was like no rice at the you know at the grocery store i went to and and so i found myself just like thinking about like whoa maybe i need rice you know like and it's made me wonder how uh susceptible i am to groupthink in in so many other contexts because all of a sudden you're like yeah i need to buy two two of this instead of one because you know that's what everyone else is doing and another observation i've had is how awful it must be if you were actually like a germaphobe because you kind of get like a sense of that you know what i mean like you see people touching things and you're like oh that's dirty now or it's covered in virus you know viral matter and if you're if you lived like that 24 7 that would be maybe one of the most awful like just anxiety-ridden existences i could imagine well you couldn't be a climber you certainly couldn't be a climber. And that's a, that's another thing I've been thinking about, too, is how dirty climbing is. And when I go climbing, I'm sure you've seen this. When I come down off our route, it looks like I've been eating a box of powdered donuts because there's so much chalk around my face and mouth from, mm-hmm. like, you know, bringing, you know, using my mouth to uh, clip the rope through the next quick draw. And you just think, I mean, like coronavirus could have started with climbers shaking out on a guano, like plated, you know, jug. (laughs) How many routes have we climbed where there's like bird and bat shit on it? And, you know, we're shaking out on it and grabbing it and then putting our fingers in our mouths. And (laughs) it's gross. It's like the whole climbing is gross, basically. Yeah, yeah. And of, of all the things that you could do... Um, of all the, you know, the gyms, the possible gyms that, you you know, should be closed down, like climbing is right at the top. And, uh, just because there is that element of you're all touching the same holds, you know, you're, you're putting your hands in your mouth and wiping your face while you're climbing roots and stuff. Well, yeah. And also, you, you know, you go and check out a lead rope, um, from, from the, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been fairly conscious about trying not to put the rope in my mouth when I'm mm-hmm. at the gym, because a lot of times, since it's so short, you don't have to, like, you can just pull rope and let it run through your hands. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, everything goes in your mouth. Like, and as a trad climber, your cams go in your mouth, so you're very much trading mouth saliva with your partner if you're swapping right. leads, you know? It's like, yeah, shit. Your mouth is like your third appen- or your fifth appendage, you know? And so, I mean... Have you heard anything about how long this virus can last on holds, whether in the gym or outside? Well, I mean, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, not specific to climbing, but uh, but saying how it like can last, you know, for a day or whatever on on uh, plastic and on metal mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, I mean, I I think one of the things with the, with this virus, they know a lot about the coronaviruses in general, but they you know, obviously don't know a lot about this one specifically and have been finding it. So a lot of it is, is information about coronaviruses in general and things, but they're, um, right. 
Yeah, but they're they're fairly sturdy, and certainly if if you know Brohan that led the pink route, uh, you know, twenty minutes ago had it, and you lead it, like you know, twenty minutes later, it's on there somehow, you know. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't think it's just like plastic holds. Like, I think that popular routes that you know, like any any popular crag, um, could also be uh rife for spreading this disease and so it seems as though just from posts i've seen on social media like with with gyms closing all over the place and people are now going outside for the first time all together you know like the the movement um gym scene crowd is now in clear creek canyon and there's no way that uh, that's, you know, more sanitary just because you're outside, you know, climbing routes that I just feel like that's just as bad as an indoor gym setting. Yeah. Well, Grip Magazine posted an article, which quoted an epidemiologist who had been posting on the internet, uh, you know, claiming that exact thing. Like, look, Mm -hmm. the holes are gross or whatever. If someone just touched them, then it, then they can be infectious, you know? Um, if it leads to you touching them and then, you know, once again, touching your face, but you know, the thing that actually, you know, the, the, uh, I, I listened to uh, a podcast with a uh, Joe Rogan podcast with this guy, Michael Osterholm, who's Osterholm, who's, uh, an epidemiologist, like a deep, deep, deep expert in, uh, in this kind of thing. And, um, often quoted all over the place has worked for multiple administrations, multiple, uh, agencies um, dealing with infectious viruses, and uh, you know, he he pointed out that there's actually not a lot of data on on the washing of the hands and the sanitation of the hands thing because he he said this is airborne. Uh, if you're mm. in a room with people who have the are infectious, then you can be infected. Mm. Um, whether you make out with them, touch your face, all these things that we've been hearing, uh, and so it's like. You know, if you're at a cliff and you're standing around with other people, it doesn't matter that you're not inside. I mean, it's probably a little bit safer if there's, you know, kind of more air movement and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it 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 just doesn't work crowding crags and using the same holds other people have, whether it's a gym or a crag or anything else. It's crazy times. Um, it seems like, I mean, and obviously climbers are some of the least susceptible people to be afflicted by this. I mean... If if anything, they'll come down with a cold or maybe a little bit worse, but nothing bad will happen because they're young and fit. Um, I mean, it, it helps, like right, it it, yeah. it ups your odds, but it's certainly the information out of Europe is that it's striking people that you know are are outside of that normal group of elderly or with pre existing health conditions. Um, it's it's less likely, but it can. And mm-hmm. the other thing is that what's been what's been coming out is that it's survivable uh but that doesn't mean you're not you're not going to walk away with um without um lung damage that's permanent so right. you know it, we certainly are you know it, as a group in general probably in the in the sort of you know safer uh or outcomes kind of people but you know within our climbing group are people that have immune diseases are people that have um underlying problems that you know don't necessarily affect their climbing you know they're still fit ready to go climbers but you know they may have um some sort of underlying thing that 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 you don't even know about and that's really you know it comes down to this issue and again why i sort of 
gave my confessional is because it's not really about you and whether you're going to get sick. It's about right. whether you are spreading it to people who who are compromised in some way um, that you don't even know. I feel like this, um, I mean, if there is a bright side to this uh, pandemic we're living through, it, f- it feels like there could be a solidarity among humanity and different political outlooks and so forth that could, if things get serious enough, I feel like that could bring people together on some level. Yeah, you know, like 9-11, haha. Right. Um, you know, I yeah, I mean, that that's a very... Well, we we don't need to get into it, but yeah, I'm just yeah. I'd be I don't surprised. know why I said that. It's probably all going to be shit from this point forth. But yeah. So and then climbing is. I saw climbing was closed in Europe. I mean, or at least in Spain and Italy. Like you can't even like go out and uh, and go and climbing. Go rock climbing. Yeah, you can't even go out and go rock climbing there. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like one of those things of enforcement, but certainly they have um they have sort of um tighter gates, if you will, on a lot of the climbing over there Mm -hmm. um, in terms of that. But I don't think that can be pulled off, especially out here in the great wide open West. And, you know, looking at it, it, well, looking at what I did in, in, in my trip. And again, um, I, I can't recommend that that happened. And I sort of, like I said, confessionally sort of feel a little bit guilty about it, that I wasn't taking it as seriously as I am now. Out in the West, if you really could and you really do want to disappear out into a place where you're never going to see anybody, it can be done. But what it it reminded me, even that trip, was that, you know, your van lifers and and people like me that was going out for the weekend, like, you really are still uh, fairly dependent on services and you use them all the time. You know, you may have not, you may not own a house if you're a van lifer, but you basically use all the same services that everybody else does. You know, you go to the grocery stores, you hit the occasional restaurant, um, you use the public facilities. It's all part of your lifestyle. It's all necessary. And so, um, like I said, people have been talking about going to Indian Creek as this kind of way around this social distancing. And, and it's like, you know, very few people go to Indian Creek and don't, you know, bang out rest days in, in Moab or hit Moab on the way down there to get all the stuff that they need. Um, and then, you know, it's like if you're camping in the normal campgrounds down there, you're packed together, you're using super unsanitary toilets that everybody's using. And so, you know, to, to honestly get out into this like complete social distance that you fantasize about is actually takes a ton of planning and it takes like a, a, a kind of military adherence to protocols. You know, I, I joked that we sort of failed in a couple spots, but, um, you know, that's what I mean, like to, to not fail like complete social distance protocols when you're out climbing is it would be really, really difficult unless you literally are in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness all alone. But then if you're putting yourself at risk in those places and something goes wrong, you know, in the next couple of weeks, the drain on medical facilities could be serious. And and so there's that to think about as well. Um you know the shit hasn't quite hit the fan that way at this moment, but they're they're projecting you know complete or in places the 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 medical system is being overwhelmed. So the last thing they need is is a climber coming in with a head injury or something like that, or or having right. to dispatch EMTs to to pick somebody up. Yeah, I, I've got um some friends who are climbers and uh, have various medical conditions. One you know among them being pregnancy, and you know thinking about how the hospital's going to be staffed regarding that. 
my instinct with climbers is that they're not going to stop climbing. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, l- l- like, what if you if someone hands you a bunch of time off with no responsibilities and no idea when you're going to be needed back? You know, I have a kid now, but the first 45 years of my life, the very first thing I would have done was be like, fuck yeah, where am I going? What right. climbing trip can I afford right now? I'm out of here. You know, I mean, and, and frankly, like, you know, the ski resorts all closed, um, I think almost nationwide, I'm not sure, but at least in Colorado. And, you know, that that's a pretty much when the ski, when the ski uh, resorts close in the spring anyway, that's you know, when they, you release all these climbers into the wild, normally, you know, it's like Indian Creek starts to fill up as, as all the ski resorts close because, you know, there's a shoulder season where these people don't have work. Um, and so that's like, just was, you know, that was handed to them three weeks early this year. And so I completely get it. It's, it's very difficult to be given free time as a climber and not just instantly be, where am I going? pack the van up let's get out of here well you know part of the other thing that's part of our culture as climbers is ignoring uh state uh, just warnings handed down by the state so you know every person who's ever you know climbed in pakistan or something like that they've been told not to do that because it's dangerous because for all these reasons and then they get to pakistan and they have an incredible experience they meet wonderful people none of them are terrorists and so you mean you mean told by told by like the state department that it's it's a it's dangerous to travel there's dangerous dangerous to to travel travel in mexico exactly all those things yeah All, all those things we're constantly as climbers you know we're constantly going to places that we are told are not safe to go not responsible to travel to and um this is a little different than that i think um and i'm not sure that that i I feel like that's maybe come across in the last couple days but i've certainly seen you know most most climbers just kind of ignoring the the warnings to sort of self-isolate and stay quarantined and so forth. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's again, I, I, you know, I may get tarred and feathered for being one of those people and sort of like changing my tune at this point, you know, like I said, the warnings and the social gathering levels and all those things have changed since we left on that trip. Well, again, like there's this, also this like myth in climbing that, you know, you can get out into a place like Indian Creek and be by yourself. You can go to Bishop and find these faraway nooks that you can be by yourself. That is sort of true, but it's also mostly false. You know, that if you're going to be out there climbing in this day and age at most climbing areas, you're going to be all over other people. Well, the, um, that's the deal. I mean, like the the idea of being remote, nobody actually wants to be remote. They want to be around other people and have, you know, amenities and social gatherings and, Yes, you're out in the wilderness, but Indian Creek is anything but, you know, a, a buyer, a remote by yourself experience. Yeah, yeah, you and 150 of your closest right. friends, right? Yeah, and everyone should stop French kissing their belayers too. <laughs> Unless they're like in your pod, you know, like your infection pod. It's totally fine. Oh now, yeah, them so. French kiss away. Yeah, French kiss away. Just not strangers. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you picked up a rando on Mountain Project, 
yeah, don't French kiss that person. Um, which you would normally, of course. Yeah, which <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's tricky times, man, and it's weird. And uh, you know, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is a lot of times, you know, these things happen, and it, it, you know, it's like whether it was nine eleven or um, some of the other smaller outbreaks. And climbers do feel like they're a little bit immune to this stuff. You know, I, I've always felt like, yeah, we can just kind of sort of stay above a lot of these things in terms of going about our business. We don't bother anybody. We're out there climbing. And uh, this one is really, you know, it's kind of in the fabric of climbing in a way that's that's unusual. I mean, I literally remember climbing during the no-fly, uh, you know, the time after 9-11 when there was no no airline travel for mm-hmm. several days. I can't remember how long it lasted, but, you know, I literally remember being out there and we were both commenting on how, like, oh, my God, there really isn't any flyover right now and you just don't hear any jets and you don't see any airplanes and it was kind of wild so um but you know that didn't affect other people and the thing about the coronavirus and and being around other people is that you can literally affect other people infect other people and so yeah it's a it's a tricky time where climbers have been drawn into this in a way that i think that they've felt above a lot of these things uh literally and figuratively in the mm-hmm. past yeah so my prediction is that Climbers are going to come out of this after maybe a few weeks or maybe a couple months of mandatory sort of rest and not climbing at the levels that they're accustomed to way stronger just because everyone's injured and they need more time off. Yeah, but what about the hangboards, dude? I mean, I think there's going to be people like... How much damage can you do hangboarding? I think you can do a lot. I think really? there's... I mean, especially if you've never done it before, and like all of a sudden now it's the only thing, and you like go yeah. at it like a mate. I mean, you got to warm into your fucking hangboard, Yeah, people. warm up. Everyone yeah. warm up more and on don't your hangboards. Just, yeah, don't go hard the first time you hang on it. Um, I really think there's going to be a lot of like like sad hangboard stories that oh, are going to okay. come out of this whole thing too. One other thing I wanted to mention though too is that you know the gyms are all closing down or closed down. Some of them because uh, they're all fucking dirty. Yeah, totally. Some of them voluntarily. Other ones, you know, have been swept up in, in just everything. Um, and and I think pretty much yeah, gyms are closed across the country. But you know, there's also this financial crisis which we're we haven't even touched on in this and right. we can't because um, we're about out of time. But yeah, the, a lot of the great big conglomerate type gyms, we, we don't have to worry too much about them. But, um, you know, a lot of these smaller privately owned gyms, it's like, you know, I would just say consider whatever offers they make about holding your, your membership or anything else. I would consider like just saying, no, keep my membership going, you know, allow these gyms to make some money in in the sort of downtime because a lot of them are, are hand to mouth. I mean, our our gym here in Carbondale, you know, I'm not sure what their finances are, but, you know, starting a business in a place like Carbondale like that is really, really difficult. Um, so I feel for them, you know, and, and some of these gyms, it you know, it could wipe them out. Um, so it's it's kind of like part of banding together as a climbing community is if you like the services your gym gives you and it's, you know, a privately owned gym, um, it may not be the time to just demand that your, your, your membership is, is put on hold or, or whatever, or you want mm. a refund for what you've bought. Um, you know, it, that money is like, you already spent it. You don't really honestly need it back in terms of your budget. Um, yeah, I just consider a few things like that, um, out there in terms of the finances that are going on with this shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. And podcasts are also in a similar situation. So 
Don't uh, don't forget us too. <laughs> Pre coronavirus, we made no money. Post coronavirus, we'll be rich. I'm sure. <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, I mean, podcasts they they may there's there's definitely a surge. I mean, people are stuck at home. People are working from home, right? Right. That's a big thing. I mean, yeah, there's finally, gonna be a lot more competition next week. But yeah. no, I'm talking about I'm I'm talking about listenership. I think we're I think it's it's maybe like a boon for podcast because people need to fill time um should we should we do one as a should we do a new pod a new run out podcast every day during the coronavirus (laughs) pandemic (laughs) that'll kill me faster than the actual coronavirus uh i think so write us write us an email if you want to see chris killed by putting out too many podcasts (laughs) just that'll kill me actually (laughs) (laughs) he won't check the email but i will yeah don't worry about yeah (laughs) (laughs) right on all right what's our last word on this stay safe out there and wash your hands yeah wash your hands even if it might not do anything If you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast, or drop us a line at our webpage, runoutpodcast.com. <laughs>